Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. Question for this week, Mike. Is it okay to give my dog a last hurrah before the baby comes? Mm, well, no, <laughs> actually. It's one of the big <laughs> mistakes. It's one of the big mistakes that people actually make. It's funny I laughed because I was actually having this very conversation with somebody last night with whom I was consulting about this stuff. And um, it's one of the things I warn people about. In fact, it was, the, it, was, it was precisely this issue that caused me to write this book 20 years ago in the, in the first place. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it was, I had a young couple, and they were just, you know, 21, 22. had this little Jack Russell that I had for a long time, you know, for a decent amount of time. And that's exactly what they did. They both went on leave, you know, from their jobs. So they were both home for about three weeks before the, the due date. And, you know, of course, they indulged the dog. like They were already indulging the dog, but they figured they knew that it was going to be, um, you know, they weren't going to have that kind of time for the dog once the so two to three outings a day to the park, sleeping in bed. Everything was about the dog because all their kind of parental and maternal juices and impulses were completely activated already because they're right. And they poured all that. Into yeah, but, right. Because yeah, they're they pregnant, poured, right? Exactly. So they poured it all into the dog, and then, um, of course, the you know the baby came, and the dog freaked out. It got so bad that yeah. um, that when the mom would turn to the baby to change the diaper, the dog would just start peeing on things to get her attention. It would run around. It would tear at things. It would just do any kind, just like a kid, any kind of attention-getting behaviors. And it just, you know, again, she was she had had a C-section, so she wasn't feeling well. And um, she was so stressed out with everything. And then the dog going crazy. And it was about two and a half months in that they got rid of the dog. It was exactly you know, what I warned them about. And they didn't follow, you know, they didn't follow any of my advice. And um, that's when I realized, wow, you know, there's just really very little information out and about about this stuff. And that's when I, that's prompted yeah. me to write the, the first version of this book. But no, so the, yeah. you know, the answer is obvious. No, you want to taper down. You want to make your... I tell people you, what you want to do is think about what your life is going to look like on a, you know, on a granular level, day to day, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. What is that going to look like with a new baby on the ground? And then whatever that's going to mean for your dog in terms of the amount of attention that your dog is going to get, start yeah. implementing that scenario a month or six weeks beforehand. So if you're going to you know, have to get the dog out of the bed, there's going to be less walks to the park or whatever it is. You start implementing that way beforehand, so the dog has no way to associate those changes with the arrival of the baby, and create a super jealous dynamic because it, it will, it does, it will, it yeah. does, and um, yeah, and that's what happened there. So a last big hurrah is a terrible idea, um, <laughs> you know. And then what you want to do is you want to do it the other way. You want to create scenarios where the presence of the child means attention to the dog. So I help people set up yes. scenarios where, let's say, mom's got a nurse or changed diapers, where the dog who might have been, you know, on his own a little bit when um, you know, the baby was down for a nap, 
now gets to come and participate by hanging out, maybe maybe lying in a little bed next to the, you know, wherever the changing station is or wherever the nursing is happening, so that the that the dog can start to learn that the presence of the child means good things for it, and uh, you know, and uh, family interaction and the togetherness and all that, not separation. People usually yeah, do it the other yeah. way around, you know. They um, totally. You know, they'll, they'll put the dog away when the baby needs changing, when the baby needs feeding, and when the baby goes down for a nap, they'll go play with the dog. The dog's not stupid. Yeah. They notice that. It's a yeah. zero-sum yeah. zero game. <laughs> is this like, does this happen often? Yeah, all the time. It's, it's, uh, you know, people will ask me, so sometimes I do these short interviews, you know, and people ask, what's the number one piece of advice? If you had to give one piece of advice to people, I'd say... It's on this point. I say, whatever changes you have to make in the life of your dog, when that baby comes, make those changes plenty of time in advance so your dog can't associate them with the arrival of the baby. That's the single biggest piece of advice. And people blow it all the yeah. time. People blow it all yeah. the time. My dog would never. You know? My dog. Mm. My dog's fine. My dog's going to love my kid. He loves kids. Whatever. You know? And that's when I, that's when I usually turn on the fear tactics and say, well, here's the statistics. You know, we've gone through those statistics before in our various, uh, you know, podcasts right. in the past and also articles yeah. I've written. You know, it's just dog bites on children are the second major health threat to the welfare of, of children after t- teen substance abuse. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not a small thing. Yeah. So, yeah, like, right. Yeah, four and a half million dog bites a year. Eighty percent of them are on children under five. Eighty percent are in the face. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, and this is this is often a big contributor to that kind of scenario. Jealous dogs. Jealous, jealous dogs. dogs. Jealous dogs get rehomed, or they end up Man. biting the kid. Especially, especially if the tension builds until the kid becomes mobile. You know, like at eight yeah. months. Um, you yeah. know, because before eight months, the dog has limited access to the baby, right? Because the baby's not really yeah. mobile. It's in a crib. It's in a sling. It's, you know, but once they become mobile and turn into little, you know, pre-toddlers and then toddlers, all that pent up resentment and rage then can get unleashed when, you know, when the, uh, when the kid starts encroaching, crawling, grabbing and doing kid stuff. Dogs yeah. are like, I'm so done with this. <laughs> totally well yeah and you know there's something you said previously that made me think like why people might blow this independent of your advice is like and and it's implicit in what you said like all all those parenting and nurturing instincts have kicked in and so it's there's a kind of hormonal override there that's happening is people actually probably just they're like i i just i want to love on my dog and it's an outlet and they're just like oh what could be the harm so i guess at first i was like wow are people just like you know blind to this or whatever but actually yes yeah exactly it seems it's like a hormonal there's, override there's that's a the good, way you put it that's a good one yep yeah makes sense so you the, have to be yeah do you uh, tell people that? You say, yeah, well, it's the yeah, first thing. Yeah. It's, it's always whenever people call me up and I know that they're, you know, they're wanting a consultation with me because they're pregnant. They, someone they found out about my book. I, you know, say, oh, yeah, this must be the guy to talk to. This is the, the, on the first visit, this is the very first thing that I go in. Before we go into any details about their life and about their dog and its behavior issues, this is the top thing that I always push right up front because, uh, because it's such a big deal. And people just don't want to. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I have, I was earlier this week, I was talking to somebody about this. It's like, well, we don't really want the dog out of our bed. 
and uh, I'm like, I get it. I sleep. I, you know, my dog's in my bed every night. You know, he's a little guy. And um, I just said, well, are you going to have the baby in bed with you at times? And she said, well, we don't know yet. I, I said, look, you know, I. I <laughs> Get the dog out of the bed for now in case you need to. Then if time comes and, you know, when you get into the right groove with your new baby and you figure everything out, then you can maybe reintroduce some of these things. Who knows? But um, you don't just, yeah. what you want to do is give yourself space and options and not paint yourself into any kind of corner that then, you know, your dog's ultimately going to pay the price for. Totally. Yeah, I guess, you know, like anything, right? It's And, and this just goes for all of your kind of advice and training tips, I think, for pre-baby preparations. It's always hard to imagine something before it happens, right? And before the baby's here. And so naturally, you know, a lot of people think, like you said, oh, not my dog, or we can handle whatever it is, and da-da-da. But, you know, I certainly didn't know before our baby arrived, just like, how things were going to compound in particularly in relationship to sleep deprivation and the care and the, and the, just the constant interruption to any sort of normalcy in your schedule that comes with having a baby and then a toddler. It's just insanity. Mm -hmm. And, and we, when you, yeah, especially when you insert the ingredients of sleep deprivation, your capacities and inner resources to manage all of that are extremely limited. And, yeah, you're you're a mess. Basically, that's how I felt. I was like, and I wasn't even doing the heavy lifting, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I felt, I felt like I was a mess. So I, I just it makes sense to me what you're saying. It's like, you know, and that you probably can't reiterate this enough to get people to do it. And then they're either going to do it or they're not. But no, it's true. You know, a lot of the people that I deal with in this, they're usually demographically, they're like in their late twenties. You know, I don't, yeah. I rarely get people anymore. They're like 19 or 20 or 21 in this situation, you know, but still, you know, you, you, when, when you're in your late twenties, you have a ton of energy. So when I, I'm always shocked when I talk to people and they're having their first baby, when I bring up the sleep deprivation thing, they go, you know, they kind of like, it almost like it hadn't occurred to them. They kind of chuckle and laugh. Like it's a small thing. It's not a small thing. You know, it's not a small thing as you, as you know, and as anybody who's been through it, when, yeah. you know, it's not like you're get right. You're losing sleep because you party too much in college or not like that. Right. It's a daily, yeah. I mean, for a woman, often it's a year, a year and a half, um, yeah. of not a good night's sleep. I mean, that adds up yeah. and it makes you cranky, yeah. irritable. It just, it makes your bandwidth for tolerance for a dog who's now acting up, who, you know, I, I try to impress this on people. It's like, you know, all your, all your maternal instincts are flowing to this dog. You can't imagine how you'd ever want to get rid of the dog. It's, that's all going to change because all those maternal yeah. juices, the second that little baby pops out is they're all going to go there because nature's wired it that way and like it or not, that's yeah. how it's going to be. And suddenly that same little dog that you love so much that you still love, but you're going to find him to be a big pain in the butt if he starts doing all these annoying things and you're cr cranky and sleep deprived and you have a screaming kid over there and the dog doing something stupid on the other hand. That's day after day totally. after day and you're going on two hours of sleep. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And people just like, you yeah, know, the, the young kids just don't, they just, they chuckle at it. Like, <laughs> so you're not going to be chuckling in about eight months from now. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, uh, well, right. I mean, the two, 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 the two quick thoughts that come to mind. First, uh, of course, and we've said this before, like 
what's one of the main tactics used in any form of like prolonged torture? Sleep deprivation. That's right. You know, that's that's how you wear someone down. And then conversely, uh, and obviously I'm kind of giving it away here by 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 juxtaposing it in this way, but I read the other night, guess how many, guess how long Einstein slept every night? Uh, 12 hours. 10 hours a night. 10 hours a night. That's what that's kept a, his brain yeah. functioning? Yeah. But think about it. It's like hard. It's hard to get 10 hours a night. I don't get 10 hours a night. I get seven hours a night, and I'm get, happy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and yeah. sometimes eight. Six to seven is probably the average for most people. I bet a lot of people are functioning on five to six. Yeah, I try and... I, I've been trying... Since, since we got out of the uh, the ashram, as it were, and, and that's a whole history we won't go into for everyone right now, but uh, I definitely sleep more. Yeah, that, well, and you also know, you know what sleep deprivation does. It's just that I think when you're young and you're so full of energy still and you haven't really been through anything like that, you just can't yeah. imagine pre-baby what sleep deprivation is going to cost you. And then totally. if, you've got, if, you've got, if you've got a dog that's driving you nuts, your tolerance will d- drop by 90%. Yeah. <laughs> because you need all yeah. your, you, you need to keep your you know what together for your baby's sake. Yeah. You know? Yeah, your BS your BS meter is just non-existent. Yeah. Or your BS your tolerance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. To- tolerance exactly. So yeah, so the thing you know, I mean it's it's a lot coming out of a small question, do you give your dog a last hurrah? No. No, you wean your dog off the things that you think are gonna that he's gonna feel deprived of when um, when the baby arrives. You're gonna wean your dog off yeah. all those things, and then maybe maybe six months after the baby arrives, you'll be in a position to reevaluate. You've you've absorbed the shock of you know of having a baby and of, of the disruption to your life that that's produced. You know, you're in a new group, yeah. and then you can yeah. you know then you can start to reevaluate whether I, I should be doing this yeah. or that with my child. You know. Totally. So, before we wrap this up, Mike, are there any final points you want to make about it? No, man. I think we covered it. I just, I, you know, as with everything else that I say, is take it seriously. If anybody who's listening to this and rolling it around, take it seriously, because um, you know, I get to see the, I get to see the unfortunate results of when people don't do that. Then they call me. You know, and we've talked about this before. They call me, and now they've got the kid's eight months old, and now they're having issues with the dog and the kid, and now they want to suddenly put a lot of attention and they think just spending a ton of money is going to solve it. And, you know, often my job is to tell them, no, you got to get rid of the dog. Yeah. You know, totally. and, um, and that stinks for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So, so take, well, that, yeah, like everybody, else, take it seriously. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. T- t- no, that's it. Take it seriously. And everyone, if, if, um, if you want to follow up on this, then I encourage you to head over to gooddoghappybaby.com and pick up my, Mike's book, which is a bestseller. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for a couple of years now. And then that, you know, that, that really walks you through all the pre-baby preparations that you need to make in advance of your child coming into this world. And certainly in advance of that eight month year old, eight, eight month kind of deadline when baby starts to to crawl and and potentially starts standing and cruising and and grabbing your dog and start handling your dog so definitely get the book or get the course at gooddoghappybaby.com the course is a more curated experience it's something that you can start training in right away and mike will really hold your hand 
through that experience and, and give you all the tools you need to get your dog ready. So you can get all of that over gooddoghappybaby.com. And, and remember, we just do this on the fly, Mike and I. It, it, it was an idea that we came up with. Mike's driving around from appointment to appointment all through the Bay Area doing his dog training. So we thought, hey, let's do a podcast. Let's just, Mike's got all this expertise on this topic. Why not just take advantage of your downtime in the car and let's do a podcast? And so... I'm Mike's foil, and I get to ask him all these questions. <laughs> well, it's, and, a great, it's a great way and, to use a horrible traffic jam time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we really appreciate you listening. If you enjoy the show, head on over to iTunes and leave, a, leave us a rating and a review. It'll help other expecting parents find the show. And um, great. Thanks for listening. And, and Mike, uh, thanks, thanks so much for the show. Thank you. Appreciate it.